Welcome to Sports Medicine Weekly on 670 The Score, your on-air resource for fitness, nutrition, and injury prevention and treatments for today's weekend warrior and professional athletes with renowned specialist of elbows, knees, and shoulders, Dr. Brian Cole, along with other health and fitness leaders, and your host, Steve Cashel. Sports Medicine Weekly, heard every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. right here on 670 The Score. Hey, good morning, everyone. I'm Steve Cashel. Welcome to our first ever edition of Sports Medicine Weekly here on 670 The Score. I'm the radio host of the Chicago Bulls, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. Brian Cole, head team physician for the Chicago Bulls, co-team physician for the Chicago White Sox, sports medicine specialist, orthopedic surgeon from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush and Rush University Medical Center. Brand new home, Dr. Cole, the score 670 a.m. here as we begin our eighth season. Steve, I'm super excited. They say things are done in sevens, but here we are for our second seven, right? Beginning eight. Really it's happy and great to have our new producer, Shane, with us. Lucky seven, just like the Bulls. They got the seventh pick. That's right. How about it? Yeah, it's yeah. a lucky seven. Yeah. We've got to think that way. Absolutely. Well, let's bring on uh, our first guest. We're going to have Dr. James Andrews, uh, one of the renowned surgeons later in the show. But our first guest is a five-time Olympian swimmer, 12-time medalist. How about Dara Torres talking about the Olympic Olympic experience? Dara, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so honored to be on your first show. I appreciate that. We are really, really glad to have you. Uh, Dara is uh, actually uh, a significant other of a really close friend of mine who's an orthopedic surgeon in uh, Boston, soon to be moving to Florida, right? But known Tom, uh, her husband, for a long time and uh, had the privilege of meeting Dara at a dinner recently and just so excited to have you on the show. I could have spoken to you for hours at our dinner, but I know, I know you had to talk to uh, all the other guests. You're, you're, you're a great hostess, and uh, we really appreciate it, but it's just terrific to have you on the show. Yeah, Dara, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Dara is considered one of the greatest female competitors of swimmers of all time, entered her first international swimming competition, age 14, competed in her first Olympic Games a few years later, 1984. It goes on and on, and the oldest swimmer ever to compete in the Olympic Games at age 41. Dara, how did you do that? (laughs) That was pretty much an old hag back then. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I think a lot of it has to do with perseverance and you know swimming is very much a year-round sport we could maybe take two weeks off a year at most and so it can as wonderful as a sport is when you're in it for so many years it can become a little bit monotonous and so every time I thought I was done with the sport like after my third Olympics I had retired and uh, retired for about seven years and thought all right you know I'm old I'm 25 um, you know, I need to move on with my life. And I don't know, like seven years after that, after the 92 Olympics, I got the itch again and decided to do it and came back and swam at, in Australia in 2000 and then retired again. So I got to say, 33, I'm really old. This is like crazy. I, I need to stop swimming, moved on with my life, got into television, some modeling. And, and then like years later, I had my daughter and wanted to swim again. And I think for me, actually having those breaks, not knowing I was actually taking a break, I, I honestly thought I was retired. Um, I think it allowed my body to sort of recover. And, and all those years that I was not swimming, I was still staying in shape. I'm very much into health and fitness. I love uh, exercise. I love the way it makes me feel. And, um, you know, it relieves stress and loves the way it makes me look. So um, I always have had exercise in my life. And I think that really helped a lot in the years that I was off. So when you, so, okay, so we're talking about the age of 14, first Olympic Games, something like that. And then you fast forward. Can you, do you have any sense? of how you felt physically fast forward 41 
rewind the clock to 14 because one of the things I find is so fascinating is I we deal with a lot of aging athletes and I think the capacity to perform can if you if you keep it right all the things that you pointed out nutrition frequency of exercise the way you exercise giving yourself a break which is probably one of the most important things you said do you think that you were as physically competitive at 40, 41 than you were when you were younger, or was there a true fundamental difference in terms of how you felt physically? So when I said I had broken my first world record when I was about 15, that was also the American that I broke, and then I rebroke it at 41 years old, and the time was probably a second and a half faster at 41 years old than I was when I was 15. Um, my first Olympics at 17, you know, at, at that age, you're so young. You can recover quickly. You just kind of do what the coach tells you to do. Uh, you're pounding the yardage, not really, you know, thinking about what's right and wrong. Like back in those days in the 80s, it was all about, like, how much yardage you can get in. When you fast forward to, to when I was training at 41 years old, I'll never forget my, my first workout. Um, I was training with the kids and I'm in the pool and, and I, I want to do what they do. And, and I'm, I'm starting my sets with them and we finish the set and we're taking a break. And one girl turns to the other and, you know, I just had my daughter and she's like, turns to it like, like a 15 year old turns to a 17 year old. It's like, who are you taking the prom? And the other girl's like, I think I'm about getting my ear pierced. And I'm thinking, okay, what diapers do I need for my daughter? You know? And so <laughs> there was like a huge age, age discrepancy, but I wanted to do what they were doing. And I think that they didn't want someone who was older than their parents beating them in practice. And I didn't want some young whippersnappers beating me. So I tried to train with them and I learned very quickly that first week that there's no way I can do what they were doing. Like my, my body just couldn't do it. It was a matter of mentally wrapping my head around that and understanding that I came from the old school where the more you do, the better, the heavier lift in the weight room, the better. Yeah. And now fast forward into at 41 training, um, the more efficient you are in the weight room, the more efficient you'll be in the pool, which is much better than feeling like you have so much muscle that you're going to sink. And I need, my body needed to recover. So I went from nine workouts a week when I was younger to five workouts a week in the pool. And so it was, I think the hardest thing was not my body wrapping around that, my, my head wrapping around that because I came from just the old school thinking. So right. that less, was less is uh, more. very different for me. Yes. Yeah, yes, exactly. I get it. I get it. We're visiting with Dara Torres, five-time Olympian, 12-time <laughs> medalist. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Brian Cole. This is Sports Medicine Weekly here on 670 The Score. Dara, one of the uh, considered one of the greatest female competitive swimmers of all time. She's competed in unprecedented five Olympic Games, won a total of 12 Olympic medals. Which Olympic Games, Dara, uh, stands out to you the most? You know, it's funny. So, so at 17, like I said, I was this young kid kind of bouncing off the walls. I mean, at those Olympics, there was like Michael Jordan was there and Mary Lee Retton and Carl Lewis, and there were just like these amazing athletes. And, you know, I wasn't really, I mean, I was an Olympian, but I wasn't really well-known like those guys. And so, you know, I was just kind of like, oh, my God, this is so cool to be here. But I couldn't really appreciate it. I mean, at 17 years old, you can't, you can't you take that in, and, and you can look back on it and stuff, but you can't really appreciate it as it's happening. If I fast forward to being 41 years old, having my daughter, it's not about really the 
that which Olympic Games or which city or how many medals I won that was best for me. It was really what it took to be the best I could be at those Olympics. And I would have to say that would be when I was 41 because I was I was dealing with having a child and her being a toddler by the time the Olympics rolled around, you know, being two and a half years old to trying to understand what my body can and can't do and really what it took to be the best I could be at an older age. So I have to say that my last Olympics was probably my favorite and most memorable because I could really appreciate it at that age. You know, I had, I've had the privilege of getting to know a number of Olympics athletes and it's interesting that the Olympic sort of psyche compared to a professional athlete compared to a college athlete compared to a sort of an adolescent they're all so different and I don't think there's anyone more in at a given time than an Olympic athlete just because you sort of have this perception that you've got this narrow window to get it right and it's so precise like it, it, it could change on a dime it could change change with a breath a, a lapse in concentration. I mean, it, it's just, that's what I think is so captivating about it. And I, the one thing I'm interested to know is now, you know, you're sort of at a different phase in life. You have all these things that you're speaking on and sort of filling these buckets. I know you're really interested in women's empowerment, your concept, not giving up a dream. You had a wonderful book, which uh, uh, I've actually started to read. Age is just a number. Uh, you're not too old to chase your dream. These are all things that are super important for people who are used to living an active life. So, how what what do you what's in your life now that like fills that bucket? You know, you had that enormous emotionally, physically gratifying bucket training all the time, the attention, all of that stuff. What is it now in your life that sort of is equivalent? And I know it's going to be different, but what do you how do you package it all together? I know it's somewhat of a personal question, but. I think it'd be fascinating to sort of understand what do you use now to fill that bucket that you had before that was so gratifying and so intense? That's actually an amazing question because I think a lot of athletes really have an issue with, you know, and the Olympic athletes, that they train their whole entire life um, for this one moment. And I was fortunate enough to be able to do it five times, but it was different, you know, each time. And it was just as rewarding and, you know, just as nerve wracking as the first one that I was in compared to the fifth one. But with that being said, um, a lot of Olympic athletes really go through like a depression after they're done doing a, doing something like that and training their whole life for, for a sport. Uh, because that's all they're used to. That's all they know. And then they get done. And look, the media picks who they want their Olympic darlings to be and who they're going to focus on. And so maybe some athletes had something in their head that they thought, well, you know, if I win a gold medal, you know, maybe I could, you know, be on the cover of Wheaties or do this, this, and this. And it's just not how that works. And so, so it really is uh, uh, really, there's a downside after you're done competing if you don't have something to fulfill that. And for me, I think I was very lucky. Uh, to uh, my last Olympics um, in 2008. I had my daughter to look forward to. And I, as you guys know and parents know that your, your children are the most important things in your life. So when I'm sitting there at the Olympic Games in 2008 and I'm getting ready to swim my final uh, in the 53, so I'm looking around these young kids in the room and, you know, here I am 41 and the youngest one is like this 15-year-old freckle-faced Australian in there. I'm thinking, oh my God, like, they think this is like the most important thing they're ever going to do in their lives. When in reality, like my child is the most important thing and she's, I'm in Beijing and she's, back in Florida waiting for me, you know, to come home. So it really wasn't as difficult for me being a parent to come home and sort of switch, you know, do that switch in my head going from something I've done my whole entire life to having to take care of this, you know, little thing that's relying on me. So, um, 
you know, for me personally, I love competing, and so I try to take it out on my husband when I'm, like, on the golf course. But there's not really anything that can can measure up to what it felt like to be in the Olympic Games, to get that medal put around your neck and listen to the national anthem play. But it's just another chapter in my life where I'm doing something else. So I was fortunate enough to have something uh, like my daughter uh, to, to have to come home to when I was done swimming that is something completely different than what I had previously in my life, and I was okay with that. I think other athletes aren't okay with retiring from their sport, and that's, that's a very difficult thing for an athlete to go through. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly here on 670 The Score. Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole are visiting with five-time Olympian swimmer Dara Torres. Dara, have you ever had any significant injuries while swimming or working out? Oh, my God, I can't even count them on all my fingers and toes. Really? I've had so many. Well, you know, here's the thing. So everyone thinks, okay, I swim such a great sport. It's great to see joined. And it really is. It's a non-impact sport. Um, for me, when I was training, the toughest thing was probably my shoulders, which is what a lot of swimmers uh, go through, the constant motion with, like, rotator cuff, I had a torn labrum, you know, and I had numerous surgeries on my shoulders. But it's also the cross-training we had to do. I had some crazy coaches that had us doing, you know, nutty stuff out on the football field and stadium stairs and weighted jump ropes and just, I mean, the stuff I can go on and on about, you know, pulling slides across football fields, and it, it was nuts. And because of that, um, and probably because of my anatomy, um, I have uh, kneecaps that kind of laterally go out. And so the constant pounding of all the dry land training that I did basically wore out all the cartilage on both my kneecaps. And so the biggest surgeries I had to get were cartilage transplants in, in my knee. But I've had numerous, numerous surgeries, and, you know, I just, you know, I can't think my, my psyche uh, after going through a few of them is just like, okay, just go in there, get it done, and let me, you know, rehab and get back into my training again. And a lot of athletes, you know, go through that, and some can be devastating. I mean, after 08 is when the first cartilage transplant I had, and it's a long recovery. It's about, like, a year and a half to three years recovery, and I tried to make it go at it in 2012 and missed the team by nine one-hundredths of a second, so less than a tenth of a second. And, you know, I was proud of myself to be able to come back, and, you know, being 45 years old, obviously my recovery was uh, much less than even when I was 41. But, yeah, you have to endure a lot. Your body gets through put, put through a lot, and a lot of athletes, you know, go through a lot to be the best they can be, and that's the sacrifice you kind of have to make. Did you have when you were uh, performing in the Olympics during those those years? Did you have any surgeries that you actually recovered from and got back to uh, competition? Yeah, the um, um, so the one probably that was closest to an Olympic trial, Olympic Games, was probably my knee, and I had a scope in um, in January of two thousand eight. So it was. Um, Probably, I guess it was like six months before Olympic trials. And, you know, scope isn't that bad, but, you know, I had some cartilage damage and stuff, and that's kind of when it started. It went from, like, a grade one to a grade two, and then, like, right after the Olympics, it was like a grade four where I was missing, like, all my cartilage. So it really wore out super fast. Um, and that was probably the closest one I had had um, to, to having to recover, you know, sort of quickly and stuff. But a lot of the surgeries really weren't during Olympic year. It was either, like, at, right after or the day two years before, so I was lucky in that regard. Visiting with Dara Torres, uh, final questions for you, Dara, the uh, Olympic swimmer. What is your fitness routine today as you balance your family, as you said, work and everything else in your world and in your life? Well, I think it's very important to get to get a workout in um, at least maybe four or five times a week. Like I said, I, I love the way it makes me feel. It relieves stress, and it's just it's always been a, a part of my life. So um, I swim maybe once or twice a week, uh, which 
you know, I find it like almost a chore now because I live in Boston and it's cold up here and you have to layer and you go find a pool and the pools aren't super big up here and stuff. So uh, it's a little bit of a chore, but I've really gotten into boxing. I, I was in a um, celebrity boxing match to raise money for cancer research. Um, got my rear kicked, but it was still a lot of fun. Uh, so I've really enjoyed that because it's a great overall body workout. I'm actually now a, a part owner of a a uh, uh, sort of boutique fitness studio called The Bar Method, which I've been really enjoying. I'm training to, be, to become an instructor up here, so I do that a lot. And uh, I just really try to mix up my workouts. I spin, and, you know, I had um, a college transplant a little over a year ago, and my knee's feeling great. It's called a Macy, and it's been awesome. And so um, I'm just kind of getting back to where I, I'm not, like, intense like I was. I don't ever want to be intense like I was in swimming. I was, I was like that for so many years, and I just really want to – enjoy working out and just, you know, stay fit. What's your perception of the interaction between diet and exercise? Do you eat to exercise? Do you you exercise to eat or is it somewhere in between? That's a good question. Um, Well, you have to remember, so I don't know if you guys know this, but I had an eating disorder back in college. And so food was always sort of my enemy for about five or six years. And it took me probably 10 years total to get over the fear of eating food. So I developed it in college. And then when I decided to train. So I graduated from college in 90. When I decided to train for the 2000 Olympics, um, I had a coach who was very much into, uh, you know, the uh, Atkins diet where you eat more protein, you can have burgers, but you have one bonus or two or, you know, stuff like that. And sort of developed my, my eating habits became much better again after being able to train like that and eat. But I'm, I'm one of these people that women hate because I'm thin and I can kind of eat what I want and still you know, not gain weight. Um, my mom's like that. It just sort of runs in my family. But I do in my head, because of having eating disorder, I train to eat. So um, I, I eat in, in moderation, though. Like if I want a cupcake, I may eat half of it just to satisfy my cravings. I've learned over the years that um, you don't deprive yourself because the more deprived you, you deprive yourself, the more you'll want and the more you'll eat. So um, it's always better to satisfy your cravings and have a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and then work out, and you'll feel fine. That's what I say. Have a little treat, Dr. Cole, you know? Exactly. Steve, Steve, Steve treats himself on a daily basis. <laughs> I, I'm better because of this show. I'm I know, cutting down. I know, I know. I mean, my goodness. All right. But All right, and final question for you, Dara, and we really appreciate you joining us. Dara Torres, the five-time Olympic swimmer. What are some of the biggest obstacles and challenges facing women in sports today? Well, I was very lucky to come right after uh, Title IX happened. So, as you guys know, Title IX is having equality in sports for women. Um, So, I didn't have to go through what a lot of women went through in, like, the 70s and before that. Um, I think that, obviously, equal pay is an issue, and I know the Williams sisters have really you know, stepped up and, and have, you know, been vocal about it. And I think that's really helped in, in women's sports. Um, I think that's probably the, the biggest issue right now is, is equal pay um, amongst athletes, just like it's happening in the celebrity world, too. So um, that's definitely something that, that is out there. And also, you know, a lot of the stuff going on with USA Gymnastics and, and other sports where, you know, women have had to endure, um, 
you know, a lot of abuse and stuff. And, and I'm glad that it's coming to the forefront and hopefully, you know, we can put a stop to it. Steve, you know, uh, to your point and to Dara's answer, um, she's going to be one of our, our guests, our celebrity guests at the uh, Chicago <laughs> Sports Summit. So might as well take time to give it a plug. It's October 3rd. I went last year. It was terrific. Yeah, it really was. Are you going to go this year too? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I loved it. Okay, I loved good. it. You know, there's only three, maybe four panels, but one of the panels is going to be dedicated towards uh, women in medicine, uh, gender differences, Title IX, uh, something that we've really been unable to address effectively. Now we have an awesome panel, and Dara, we really look forward to your contribution to that. So that's going to be October 3rd, 2018, and that's going to be here in Chicago. Uh, that's called the Chicago Sports Summit, and uh, proceeds will uh, go towards uh, After School Matters, uh, Girls in the Game, and uh, Supporting Orthopedic Research. So great cause, but it's just a, it's a half a day that has tremendous uh, value, and this is a great topic. We love it. Thanks so much for joining us here on our first uh, show on the score, Sports Medicine Weekly, and uh, continued success. Best to you and your family. Thank you so much, you guys. Appreciate it. Dara Torres, five-time Olympian, 12-time medalist, talking about her life in the Olympic experience. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Brian Cole. Our producer is Shane Reardon. Our coordinating producer, Teresa Ann Seeger. This is Sports Medicine Weekly. On 670, The Score.